You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. Just kidding. Isn't that the old realtor ad? They, they put it on the phone. No. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Hey, our our nomad over here is his Wi-Fi is a little slow hey. in the hotel. Weird. Here's the thing. I think oh, really? The, uh, is it I think not the doing well? We use says straight up, uh, gentlemen. Uh, please plug in as a professional tip. Please plug in. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> when you I, doesn't that happen when you open up your software, Nick? So like I, I fire off this program and it fires up and it says professional tip, please plug in. Oh, I'm talking about Chris. He's in a hotel right now. Yeah, and he's not plugged in. No. See? Professional tip. Not my not fault. Accepted. Radis Radisson. Hey, what are they, I was just what, are they doing to you what happened? I ended up in I ended up in Luth because I was on the phone with some guy yesterday and I just kept talking and I just kept driving. And driving and driving, all of a sudden, I'm in like Hinkley, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go to Duluth. <laughs> and, gonna, and then you booked the hotel just because you're on the phone. I'm switch to my phone. And oh my god, that's awesome! I'll be back in a second. Great. Yeah, I, I had him. Well, he's gone. Let's get this show going. He's gonna switch his phone so we get him not not glitching. But Andy, how are you doing? Good, good. I heard you guys are on your way to some kind of a, a big game coming up here. The Polish Super Bowl. Yep, on uh, Saturday. I will literally pay you $1,000 for a Polish Super Bowl t-shirt. That would be cool. All right, well, they, if we win, I'll get you one. for events like that? Yeah, I think they have a lot going on this time around. They 3XL, should have 3XL? <laughs> yeah. And, and if you're 3XL in America, you're probably like 10XL in Europe. They make everything smaller. 10XL it is. <laughs> I would be so proud to tell Barry we're a 10XL. I'd be like, check the shirt. It's a 10XL. There we go. Chris, you, you, your boy just told me I wear a 10XL in Poland. <laughs> oh, my God. They're wonderful was, people, but they're very little. I was just there, and I was I was buying XL, large, kind of in between those two. So oh, I think he's full of – I think he's lying to you. Well, yeah, I suppose toddler XL, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, fitness, yeah. fitness king. 
Oh my god! Hey, how does it? If if you're at a hotel, how do you not have good enough internet to be able to do a streaming? I mean, come on. Don't don't you go up in status with your perk points or something where you can get faster internet? You should for sure. You should you can see I've got the penthouse here. Hey, hey let yeah. me switch you guys quick so it matches up with our background. Oh boy! Oh. Wow. We're moving around a lot. We are. All right. What, what are you going to talk about? The market. Okay. We talked, Andy and I actually had about an hour conversation. He was the reason I kept driving. And um, I was sorry. Yeah. We talked a lot about the market that yesterday. Was, that was good. I, uh, yeah. I enjoyed our conversation. We yeah. uh, probably should have called that the podcast. Well, I do. I don't know if, if I've talked about this before, but I kind of like, if I have like a marketing idea or something in my head, I have to kind of like leave and I just kind of drive and then I take off and I can go sit somewhere and kind of think about it. And uh, yesterday yeah. was one of those days. And so it was pretty good. Yeah. There, there's all kinds of, I think opportunities, even as you know, we, it, I've talked to a lot of people too. I'm more of a planner, believe it or not, than, than I am a, you know, a, uh, and, and so I'm trying to get these ideas out kind of at least if, if things, you know, soften a little bit or fall down a little bit, I don't want to, fall i want to just you know bounce and, and get right back and so i've always learned there's opportunities in every market no matter if they're going up or if they're going down and it's just a matter of identifying those um opportunities sooner than later so that you can help your clients capitalize on it or even ourselves and one of the things i think we're going to see I, I really do i'm telling you is there's there's going to be a ton of business available with remodeling i think there's a lot of people that are just not going to move i really do think you know not not right now but like over the next year or two there may be quite a few people still not wanting to sell just because they can't get what they want or whatever reason they'll be remodeling. And I think there's going to be a need for affordable new construction. And I, I just don't think right now there's enough people capitalizing on those two opportunities and helping people, um, you know, so well, anyway, food for thought. I think what you, what you start doing is you start justifying, you know, it's 2.88% versus five and a half percent. And yep. then you're like, well, geez, maybe I could just get a home equity line and sure that rate's a little higher, but uh, it's, and I, I don't have to move. I mean, it, it costs right. money to move. I mean, to relocate and not only does it cost you to sell it, uh, if you have, I mean, no matter what it costs you to sell it, if you have realtors, yeah. it costs you more. And then yep. you got to go buy something and you got to get financing. And um, well, and if you build, you where, where are the lots? I mean, they're usually not in the inner city. They're usually on the outer skirts of town or suburbs or even outer than farther than that and so usually affordability means you got to put a little more effort into the drive if you're commuting but with remote you know workers nowadays where i mean i, I hear people all the time saying oh i just got to do three swipes a week you know so they got to go to office three days out of out of you know five or you know i have to so many times a month we have to go in for meetings for the company but i work from home mostly um as long as i hit my numbers so it, it, it's i think i don't know we'll see I think in the past too, Andy, when, when we've gone into like housing slowdowns or it's, you know, it's, it's not going very well, it typically gets better from the inside out. So it goes, mm -hmm. the city typically is, is, is better. And then it starts going out to like the suburbs and stuff. But yeah. I think that could be one thing that's, that's not, that's going to be different yeah. uh, with remote work because I don't think right. people are going back. I mean, they're cool. real comfortable with it. The companies are, probably making more money. They're going to probably get out of their leases soon. Um, I think they'll still have to have some sort of presence, but it's not going to be like for well, just like, like banks, banks, banks don't need to have all those locations. I mean, especially now when you can scan your checks on your phone and it deposits automatically, they do the, the presence to create the illusion of, of power and wealth and strength. Right. And, and I think that, you know, the other, uh, beyond that, like, so from a retail perspective, I think that's important, but I also think, Chris, there's going to be some opportunities in small town America, man. I think that, you know, you get up to like areas like even like Alexandria um, where, you know, they've got high speed fiber optic lines going to the cabins, for God's sakes. And what people, I think, you know, appreciate is that if they want that 1950s, 60s, whatever feel of the a little extra polite and a tip of the hat, how you doing today? And actually listening to your answer. How's your family doing? And they actually care, right? Or the neighbor that stops by just to say hi. They're, they're, that small town charm has not gone away. I tell you, it thrives up in Alex. 
Brainerd, all those areas in northern Minnesota. There's tons of areas I'm not mentioning, you know, that still have that charm that I think is very uh, alluring. You know, people are going to be wanting to say, hey, so I can live up here in the beautiful, natural setting, you know, if that's on a lake or woods or wherever they want to live, have access to my job, make a decent living and live a lifestyle that I've dreamed of. It's almost like being retired early, you know, and I, I think that once people crack into that, uh, that combo, um, watch out northern Minnesota. I think we're going to be busy up north. Yeah, I think uh, I tried. I tried that approach in Poland. It didn't work very well for me. <laughs> I tried talking to people and smiling. <laughs> Everyone just looked at me like I was absolutely crazy. I even tried to break up like a, a guy, uh, kind of rough it up his, his woman. And I said something. I think everyone looked at me like I was nuts. I'm like, what? what's going on? Yeah, this is culturally acceptable here. Yeah you, yeah. you go away, American. Yeah. Nick was telling me, hey, you can't talk to people. They don't, they think you're fake if you talk to them. And I'm like, gosh, just trying to That's say kind of hi. a Russian thing, though, too. I've got a couple of Russian neighbors, nicest people in the world. And, yeah. and you know, and, and there's, um, they're just, their faces are just somber. And then you talk to them for 10 minutes and then all of a sudden they'll smile. And it's like, but I'll smile and wave as I ride my bike by or something. And they look at you like you're nuts. It's the Slavic. Yeah, that's what they do. And I didn't say don't talk to people. I said, just don't do that. Hey, like, like with that high pitched voice you do. And then if someone, yeah. And then if someone says anything or looks at him weird, he's like, gets angry at them. I'm like, you got to play with it and have fun, but don't talk like you're like a little girl. Were, were you wearing your uh, Larry the Cable Guy? Uh, hey, uh, I might identify as that in Poland. I could do that if I want. Not in you, Poland. Oh, oh, I can't do it in Poland. Okay. You're Larry the Cable Guy sleeveless and uh, Trump shirt that you're walking around with going, Woo, America! And they, uh, <laughs> I mean, little details. Socks and flip flops. Flip flops. Yeah. yeah. That's hey, Andy. I've been Andy's doing that for years. <laughs> All right, what do we what do we got going? The market's still weird. Um, I think I don't think we're gonna know anything until September or October myself. I think it's gonna be up and fluctuate up and down. I mean, we had we had some articles on last week or the week before, and I mean it was saying, hey, rates went down, and all of a sudden something comes out and death that the feds are gonna raise everything again. So I just don't think we're just not we're we're in a volatile kind of situation. I think people are hanging back a little. Uh, just sitting, kind of waiting, and uh, houses are still selling. We're getting full prices. We're getting over full prices. And then there's some that just don't move. So right, and and I think that there's you know when it comes down to what I think is kind of holding some people back because they still have the good job, they're still working remote, and they're just they're still getting used to their checkbook having a little less money at the end of the month from inflation, right? And then all of a sudden interest rates jumped, which makes people naturally hesitate. And you'll hear people say foolish things like, well, I can't wait till houses start going down in value again. If that happens, everybody, your jobs are in jeopardy. <laughs> you don't want to wish that. You want everything to keep kind of clicking up in value. That's that's a healthier market long term, but do it in slow growth. You don't want markets to drop. You don't want housing to drop because housing drops. You remember how much fun that was in the early 2000s? Yeah. It wasn't. No. And, and you couldn't get loans and you couldn't do things. You saw people losing their houses. You saw people becoming homeless. You're at the mercy of all the uh, the landlords of the world, and and because you lose a house and now you're a tenant, right? And so I, I don't think those wishes are are there. I think what you're saying is when people say those terms, they want to have an opportunity to to get ahead and make money. And in an inflationary market, you can have that happen where you buy houses they they appreciate at you know six or seven percent a year, which is even above normal. And and on top of that, you know you get to live somewhere. So it's kind of a double. So it's almost like investing in yourself and paying your rent at the same time. And that's why people continue to want to own uh, real estate. It's it's real simple. And people that are against it, I go, so you want to pay rent and have to uh, invest into yourself for your future, for retirement. And then after paying for 30 years, you'll have nothing to show for it at all versus the person that paid for a mortgage has a house to, that they can own. And, and like my dad used to say to me years ago, he goes, you know what's interesting about rental properties or, or investments? He goes, that's a tangible asset you can trade. So, for example, you know, you can trade shelter for food. You can trade, you know what I mean? It's like that old, old school mentality where if the whole world goes to heck, like some people say, you know, or think that, you know, there's always that conspiracy of Armageddon coming and grow your own yeah. food. I, I do think one thing, though, that we're, we've got for this fall is the fact that there's an election. 
uh, midterms are coming. So I think that's not going to, it's going to stop anything from going absolutely crazy because right. if it does go crazy, then currently who's in charge is going to have a real problem and uh, they're going to try to make it look as best they can. So I, I hope you bring some it. fresh blood in there. I do. I, I have always said that. I, I think that, you know, in any time where, you know, if, if you're in there doing the best you can and you're not getting the job done, thank you so much for trying. Why don't you go do something that you're good at? Obviously you're not good at politics um, or getting, you know, economies rolling. So let's, let's put you somewhere where you're, you're valued and let's get somebody in here that can get the job done for the American people. But the, here's the thing. There's people that will argue what I'm saying there too, because there are some people that don't think things are that wrong. You know I mean? It's, it's, so it's crazy to me. Like when you talk to um, the world and you, in the, the public food, shelter, what is it? Death um, are the things you can count on, right. That you need, you know, or whatever over time and an economy is going up and down. And so relax, live where you want to live, do your thing. All right. What do we got here? A little housing market update prices begin to fall from record highs, which whose article was, is this, which always was going to happen. Redfin. This Redfin. Is through Red, it's through Redfin. Yeah. They just laid off a thousand agents, by the way. Um, so, yeah, I think they did state this article that, um, you know, they they did based on their tours. It was down quite a bit for them. Yeah, uh, I think it was like eighteen percent or something like that. What does that say? Touring as of July tenth was uh, no, there's uh, right above that. The a measure of request for home tours, another buying service from Redfin agents, was down eighteen percent year over year. So that kind of explains your your thousand. But Redfin's a little different, right, Andy? Yep. And what yeah, do they they're, do? They're hourly employees that that. You call and book a showing, and then um, they they get paid differently. They're not incentivized on success or sales. They're incentivized on service. Yeah. They get you in your house. Get you in the house. Yep. Door openers. Yeah. So obviously, there's uh, a lot of different uh, things that are happening. We, I mean, it's basically reiterating what we've kind of already know. I, I know some of these, the stats and stuff like that were kind of like in, in June. So once you start getting into to a month, month and a half away from where we are today, I think that's right. why this podcast kind of is, is good because you, you find out today where we're at and what's happening really in the market right. because I think some of those are um, a precursor to what has happened over the last month. And it, that it's, it's a guarantee of those stats will continually um, widen or get less, less home sales, um, there's not a ton, a ton more listings. There's just a, a lot less buyers in the market. Well, let me let me uh, reference a chart here for you, Chris. Nice. This is where I look at this and go: the uh, as as houses get listed, normally they they chug along on a three to four percent historically. We started seeing houses like let's say your house is worth four hundred thousand, right? And all of a sudden you got an offer for four fifty, and the guy down the street says, "Well, I'm going to list at four fifty, and all of a sudden he gets an offer for five hundred. Do you really think this $400,000 house is worth $500,000 a year later? And this is what happened nationwide. And so I keep saying these are legs on a table, right? This is kind of the new mark. This is the new trajectory. Those are gone. And we're back down to here where that house that was, you know, 450, probably back down to 450 that would have sold for 500 a year ago, right? So it's like, I don't think houses went down as much as they just took away this. This is the, the demand for housing, like the, the supply and demand problem we had. That's where the, I call them legs on the market, right? The yeah. market was getting pushed up artificially. The legs are gone. Now we're back down to more of a chug along traditional, you know, let's list it at 450. You're going to get offered 450. They're going to ask you for 2% closing costs and a home inspection. Now, when this guy up here was offering, there was appraisal gap insurance between the two. There was no inspections. There was, I'll give you 50,000 in cash over. That's gone gone it doesn't mean the market's not still solid but yeah. the desperation and the foolish money is is gone right now so the you know i call it the, all the stimulus money or the whatever you want to call it the free money that they were using is gone yep good point sorry no, i like my charts that's a good point all right let's go into our uh, social media reacts it's going to be brought to you by chris rooney home experts i was just one years old when my family started in real estate where both my parents were agents. They also dabbled in investing in real estate, rentals, flips, and construction. 
After college, I went right into getting my license in July of 1990. As a 23-year-old agent in an industry that looks nothing like today, I had to know more for my clients to choose me. There wasn't Zillow or social media to tell them how good I was. I had to win them over with knowledge. With knowledge comes confidence, and with confidence comes results. That guy's I think I think the whole sales thing and volume and um, everything's I, I, it's just interesting nowadays because everything is um, you, we can fact check everybody now, whereas before people would say certain things and you're like I don't know if that's so true, but now I mean the public can check. I mean you could go to Zillow and see what has has happened. You know they don't. Now they're not exactly right, but I mean it's pretty darn pretty darn close. You know, any agent can go in our MLS system and pull up anyone else either. But it is it is uh, kind of interesting. I think it's what companies are doing too. They're rather than saying you know million dollar producer, they're starting to say it's like the um, gold level, and so you can't really you don't really know what it is, but it makes it sound um, really good. good. You know, well, they, they, that's how they track us and compare us. They have to, as an industry, they say, hey, you sold $35 million last year. Congratulations. And then what that does is helps you leverage with other business partners saying, hey, I do $30 million in sales a year. And then they can calculate how much they want to be part of your program or how, you know what I'm saying? It's like, so brokers, I think a lot of times are the ones that really push the, the transaction count, the sides count, the, you know, average sale per agent. All that stuff is done, and then that's how they rank us. And because per sides, think about this: if a broker gets paid an admin fee per side, they want sides. If they get paid a percentage of the sale, they want higher sales. You know, so it's like that's how companies make money, right? So it's like every brokerage is a little different. Um, what, what the consumer, what I still find interesting is like, oh, that guy sold six hundred houses last year. Wow, sounds like a very very busy person that doesn't have time for anybody. I'd rather have the person sold six houses last year and everybody was over the moon, happy with that person, you know, took care of them, walked them through the process, you know, took care of every one of their needs, helped them negotiate the best deal possible, made them feel good about what they were doing and confident the entire time. And that that's like a, a consumer satisfaction index that doesn't exist. And so the only thing that we have is like, like your uh, little commercial you just did talks about like reviews online and having, you know, so many stars or so many whatevers. And it's, you know, it is what it is. I've even had customers that are perfect clients and love you to death and like, oh my God, I referred you four times and they'll give you four stars out of five. And then, cause there's no like standard, right? So they go, you're, but you maybe could have been better. I don't know, you know? So. Today I'm gonna go over some real estate code words and phrases because I've been showing a lot of homes lately. What I'm seeing versus what I'm reading, not lining up. So let's get right into it. Number one is cozy. Sounds like a great word, great place to live, but it really means it's small as shit. All right. Papa Smurf's going to have some issues maneuvering around in there. Remember, you're trying to buy a house, not a fucking shed at Walmart. Number two, entertainer's dream. This is just a really fancy way of saying it's got four walls. Nothing more, nothing less. All right. What's really going on is the agent's actually running out of things to say. They're trying to bulk up that MLS description for their brokerage branded polo wearing team leader loses their fucking mind. And number three and the last one won't last long. Now, this is more of an affirmation by the listing agent. They're about six months late on their Mercedes payment. They're praying to God it doesn't last long. And they're going to be back in that Pontiac Sunfire Fest. They can say top producer. So that's everything for today. If you need any words that need decoding, please let me know. I'm happy to help. Oh my God, this this guy's on it. I like it. Well, no, no offense, but I mean, would you want him negotiating your deal? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know either. I think he's I funny. He's a good comedian making fun yeah. of of real estate agents, but I don't know. But I mean, I think that that honesty and that you know, throw it out there and kind of because it is true. I mean, you see some of the wordings that people do, and unbelievable, fantastic, wonderful. I mean. All right. this stuff that is just, uh, it, it hurts you more, just so you know, from an agent standpoint, if you're misrepresenting what that property really is um, or trying to play on people, 
they, they figure it out now. There's people like that that then call you on it. I mean, people aren't afraid to call you on it anymore. Oh, you know? I, I used to have I used to have ad copy written for me. And, uh, you know, like I'd say, I want you to walk the people with words through the house, which, by the way, you're talking to a guy that I don't believe people even read the words anyway. They look at the pictures first. If it's slightly interesting to them, then they'll go back and read the words. But the words aren't read until second. But the uh, photos are the most important. Right. Um, in my opinion. But I mean, we put in there a uh, great spacious bedroom and I go, it's not spacious and it's not great. It's a bedroom. So, I mean, why lie to people and mislead them if the bedrooms are bedrooms, say, you know, I don't know how to, you know, necessarily say it so it sounds great, but not everything has to sound great. You can say, hey, three bedrooms together for that family feel. That's different, right? You're not lying to anybody. It's like you got three kids together, <laughs> the old uh, cozy bathroom shared by three bedrooms you know, or whatever. Yeah. You know, that'd be funny, but it's like you could word things in a way that are not like fluffy BS like that guy was kind of saying. Yeah, it is kind of fun, though. I mean what i noticed on these all these little social media things it's kind of fun to make fun of it mm -hmm. it, it really is because it's it's so true it's a, just like you said with three kids sharing the one bathroom i mean it would be awesome to be able to show someone they're all trying to brush their right. teeth in the sink or something just kind of imagine fun. the family fights in this little cozy one toilet three bedroom house yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right now now that could feel like a home so character building character building three bedroom Awesome. <laughs> I love it when they make the little kids like adults, but uh, walking into a home like you're pre-approved, it's like it does. And I'll tell you what, getting pre-approved and making sure you know what the heck you're qualified before you walk into a house is so important. It's just sure. like knowing where the lot lines are and uh, what the utility bills are because you got to have the information to make a decision because if you don't know what it's going to cost you, you know, you've got doubt. Well, it's great and everything, but what's a million dollars going to cost me to be able to get in, you know? And I think most of us believe that if someone's looking for a million dollar house, they, they're they more than likely qualified, but maybe they, they know they are, but they haven't really looked into it and don't really know what that means, you know, well, how much money like down. I mean, you, if you don't need a million square foot warehouse, why would you pay for it? You know, it's like if you need 100,000 square feet or 10,000 square feet, why buy a million square feet? Unless you know you're growing into it or you can sublease it or whatever. But, I mean, same thing with housing and payments and everything else. It's like, what do you want that for? What is the purpose of that, you know, um, asset you're buying? And, and utilizing it and maximizing it, I think, is important. Sometimes it's an ego stroke. Hey, I made it. Uh, my company did well. I want to have that big fancy house on the hill. I get it. We all we all have those dreams at some point in our lives, you know. Yeah. Not everybody, but. Okay, so this next one is that same guy that was um. I swear. Being really real, and he's actually pretty big. So I was gonna chip in there and saying like he's huge on social media. I don't know if he's making big deals, but he is an agent, and this is one of his um, uh, advertisements, marketing for a home he has listed. Rent. I don't do rentals. Still got it.
Bravo, bravo. Oh, what a creative individual. I am so impressed. I don't know. So trying to um, market that house in just a different way and make you kind of intrigued with it and see some of it. But I don't know. It's hard to, to me, that would have been Andy's Andy jealous. jealous for sure. <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't know, know about that one. Is. They're going to get destroyed on social media today. Yeah, I, I don't know that 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 didn't really entice me on that house at all. Um, I think that's that's more for the agent, you know. But there's some there's some creativity stuff, and and I think that one just took a little too long to get to to be able to figure it out. So, yeah, I mean, you know, now granted, maybe he does have a big following, and they're craving new content, or what? We're kind of taking it out of context. I mean, maybe he has a whole series of boring videos like we all do where it's like four bedroom three bath two thousand square feet great view of the mountains or whatever and then all of a sudden you know now this is one that's kind of more creative um but yeah is think about like hey that's his only marketing for that house i think it's an extra little piece that he does you know with everything else like it's its own property website and he's got a video of it and whatever this is kind of the creative piece of it and just another little angle to be able to kind of get that house some excitement. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think it was a little bit for the house, but also for his his own brand. He's got a ton of videos on uh, his Instagram. For nice. sure. Awesome. Okay, let's go into a little fun segment. What a $250,000 home looks like in 25 major cities in the USA. And it is brought to you by Andy Prasky, preferred home team. <laughs> well, they said I could have 30 seconds on the show for a quick ad. Andy Prasky, Remax Advantage Plus. Andy at Prasky.com if you want to email us. Here's the thing, 22 years in the business, over 1,400 sales, I'd like to help you with your real estate needs. If that's buying, if that's selling, if that's building, whatever it is, give us a call, send us an email. Let's get you started on your real estate journey. I'd like to help you on the way. Uh, lots of experience here, and I uh, would like to put it to work for you. Andy Prasky, Remax Advantage Plus, thanks for listening to the show. King, what is that? Just kidding. Thank I, you for running my commercial. I appreciate you guys. Uh, I think we have to do a, a live commercial again with Andy. I need to do something where it's not like this. Hi, this is Andy Press. <laughs> uh, all right, here we go. What $250,000 homes look like in 25 major cities. Let's see. see. Oh, there we go. Oh, look at New York, which you can get, Andy. Oh, that's a, oh, it is, it's a co-op too. So one bedroom, one bath. Good God. Yeah, there. $500 a square foot you're paying out there for a nice, really beautiful 500 square foot little one Jeez. bedroom there. Nice. Okay. Houston. When was this? Houston? Yeah. How, I wonder how old this article is. Is it Houston? The one that's really kind of, or is well, that market kind of? tanked a little or has it gotten really really good well you know houston like dallas houston all those areas used to be able to you for 250 you used to be able to get a mansion i mean it was like it was like crazy right. you could get twice the house nowadays that's, really, that's the case but yeah all right what do we got next we got a Ooh, mobile home looks like a mobile home in la one bedroom one bath yep manufactured home jeez my my mom and dad have a, a mobile home in Arizona, and theirs is like two bedrooms, two baths, and it's bigger. It's got a nice big porch, and I think that's like in in like Phoenix. It's like seventy grand is what they go for. So I see a lot of Minnesota people moving down there. It's very affordable. Yeah, it is, but yeah, the rent like is so high. I mean, their rent is like eight hundred dollars a month to be in there. It's crazy. Okay, wow. Phoenix. Ah, that seems like really low or a, a really nice value. Yeah. I don't know where Anthem is, but it's in Phoenix. Hmm. I love that style of home, by the way. Yep. Chicago. Chi Town, what are we getting? 875. Yeah, 875 square foot for 250. 
Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know where that is, but that means definitely. Is this ranked on what's the best, worst deal to best deal? Is that what it is? I don't. I think it's just comparing a bunch of them. Here. Random Philly, Philadelphia. Look at that square footage, eleven sixty-four. Do they not have probably basements in uh, in Philly either? Mm-hmm. You know, that's what Minnesota is unlike a lot of places. A lot of places don't have basements. Nice. There, there you go. A little more Texas yep. style. Yep. Twenty four hundred square foot. Yeah, hundred bucks a square foot, basically hundred six. That's a good deal. San Antonio. Get close to the border. Yep. San Diego. Look at that one. That's that's the most expensive. Five hundred ten bucks a square foot. Jeez. Sold. San Diego's yeah. cool though. It, the, the cool thing about San Diego is you'd spend no time inside your your uh, your condo. Well, that's interesting. You, like when you're overseas too. I mean, you should see what Nick stays in. I mean, but like they said, they're never in their place. They're always out and about. You're always doing stuff. Right. So, Dallas, Texas. Okay, 158. From San Antonio to Dallas, I mean, there's about a fifty dollars square foot difference right there. Yeah, I don't think Jr. would live there. You don't think so? The, the Ewings? Weren't they the Ewings? Yeah. Good. Yeah. I'm glad you caught that one. It's a double. There's a double mobile manufactured home. So 250 <laughs> So there you go. That's, that's outside Day. Silicon, right? Silicon Valley up there. Yeah. It's just uh, people go there for the weather. Yep. Well, what else they would Indianapolis. Indianapolis is a nice area and in and around Indianapolis. Got a good buddy of mine that uh, lives there. He's an anesthesiologist in Indianapolis and gets some really neat areas. That uh, that house needs some zinc strips to get that uh, organic staining off there. See below the windows how it's all white? Yeah. That's what it's supposed to look like. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Hey, Andy, I've been thinking about doing a red roof on something. Oh, good for you. Do you think that's smart or not? Where are you putting it? Like a metal red roof. Yeah. I've seen it on a house. It looks so cool. It was yeah. like the like a big white barn kind of feel with yeah. uh, like white with the, that. They're all kind of metal. It looks super there, There's cool. two houses on our, on our lake that up in Alex that have metal roofs. And certain times of the day, you look across the lake, and that's all you can see is this glowing roof oh, because really? it reflects. It's yeah. horrible for your neighbors. It's good for you, but yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Good point. And I guess you can really hear when it rains too. They say it rains and it can be sprinkling, and you sound like you're having a hailstorm. Oh sure, yeah. All right, where are we? We're Jacksonville. Well, good. We're only halfway, guys. Yeah. We- We'll, we'll go through these kind of where, where's the best one? Let's see what you get. Yeah, I'll just, for. Jacksonville, San Fran, not shocking. a chance. 463, yeah, all yeah. condos type. Oh, there we go. Uh, Austin, that's a nice Texas. House. 133. Yeah. A little Rambler, 1883 square feet. All right, Chris, we can still retire down in Austin. I think we're getting there. Oh, where are we? Columbus, the Buckeye State. Well, there's yeah. a three bedroom, three and a half bath. 2,000 square feet. You're obviously getting a lot more city feel. That's a good-looking place in Fort Worth. I like that. 100 to 110 a square foot. That, man. And a good look, and and it looks like a good neighborhood. Yep. Concrete driveways. Oh, boy, we're getting. Look at this. Kentucky. 97 bucks, boys. Yes, please. You can't even get a shed in your backyard for 97 bucks a square foot anymore. Yeah, aren't you looking into doing a garage? Yes. And it's like garages are about 110 bucks a square foot. Yeah. <laughs> Freestanding garages? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Jeez. Whoa. Charlotte, North Carolina. That house looks bigger than 2,100 square feet. I had two clients move out to Charlotte. I had one two years ago. Yeah, they both love it. Oh, there we go. Big Detroit. 
I'm surprised yeah. it's that expensive, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, me too. Me too. I see a lot of houses big. still in Detroit for 60000 that are that look like that. Like must the one next door day. is ready to fall over. Yeah, good neighborhood, but you know, it looks bigger than 22,000 square feet, too. Well, it's, it's what is this, Trulio or whatever? Oh, look at this one. 82 bucks a square foot in El Paso. Wow. Cool, cool, cool. Memphis. That shocks that's, me, Memphis being that. I know that's go. That's that's rising. Granted, no, these are not the averages for these cities, you guys. I think that these are just examples of like this might be next to the hog rendering plant, and that's why it's so cheap. You know what I'm saying? Where it stinks all day like dead hogs. I don't know. You never know. Yeah, Memphis. All right, what do we got here? Not on the lake. 22. Nashville. Nashville. What a beautiful city that is. And that that's going crazy now. The the values there are I think that, sure. that's gonna be further out. Baltimore. Baltimore. What do we got? 115 bucks a square foot. Looks kind of cute. And well, oh boy. UMass. Two bedroom, one bath condo. So 423. I mean, you got you got the coasts are gonna be the most expensive. Obviously, kind of get more in, into the middle. Yep. Shocker. Seattle, yeah. Three. What? There wasn't anything for sale in Minneapolis for two fifty, I guess. Yeah. What yeah. about in uh, the the areas you guys do work in? What's the square footage on average? You think? Oof. Boy, it really, it so depends. <laughs> I mean, it really, I mean, everyone talks about the whole square footage thing, but. Depends what the location is because I could I could tell you the same exact house is four hundred and twenty dollars square foot and it's two hundred and sixty dollars square foot. One of them's on the lake, the other one's in a neighborhood. You know, so your square footage prices get totally screwed up. So um, well, you can play a lot of games with that. Yeah, and with new construction, um, you know, prices go anywhere from you know probably one hundred and seventy up to three hundred and five dollars a foot. Um, you know. And that's with land. Um, I'm seeing some builders quoting just straight up. Yeah, we're 300 bucks a square foot um, plus your land. See that quite a bit as well. And, and they up can to 400. Up. Yeah, 400 is not uncommon either. If you're, yeah. you know, you're using 12 inch base trims and all, you know, inlaid. It's what cabinets. you put into it. Yeah. So it's what you put into it. I mean, and the and the more square footage you can get, more open square footage. I mean, it brings that price down. Just depends what you're putting in it, though. So. I mean, we used to finish basements at 28 bucks a square foot, um, you know, way back in the day. Now it's like 45, but it, it ended up where, I mean, you could finish a whole basement for 30 grand and, you know, with bathroom under warranty, a couple bedrooms, family room, fireplace. And nowadays it's, you know, 80, 75, 80, um, you know, for most big Andy, basements. Do you use, do you use square footage in your market analysis and like heavily? Because I don't, I, I don't, I just don't. I mean, it, and when I say that, I mean, if there's a house that's 3,000 square foot versus 2,000, yeah, I, I do. But if it's 2,800 and 3,000, I mean, just in, in error measuring, I mean, those are usually closer together. And it depends how that 2,800 is laid out versus that 3,000. I've seen some that are 4,000 that aren't laid out that good, that 3,200 feels bigger than 4,000. Well, so. you know, like you take, I'll give you a quick example. Like, so if you take, um, when you're doing an evaluation and you're, you're doing lake property to lake property, that's a completely different strategy than like, if I'm looking right. at executive two stories in Blaine, for an example, and you have different pockets, you have the, you know, the TPC, you have the lakes, you have, you know, some of these new developments that are being built and you start comparing those, you know, houses together. Age is important because the styles of the houses, you assume, you know, have they been dated, but like when you're comparing two stories, I do compare square footage on the main floor. I think it's very important because a two story that has a 2000 square foot main floor versus a two story that has a thousand square foot main floor is a completely different house because some of the newer builds are doing smaller basements and they're kind of like an upside down pyramid because they're putting the square footage where it's the cheapest. So they're, they're adding square footage above garages. That's like a lot of the photos we saw today where there's these big rooms above the garages. There's like a front door, three-car garage, and then a bunch of windows above. That, yep. That's because they're putting the square footage where it's cheap. 
they've already paid for the foundation and they've already paid for the roof. Might as well fill in as much as they can um, versus the old days, like modified two stories have become very expensive nowadays. You know, like modified two stories have the huge main floor and then they have the smaller upstairs. And it's like you're paying Rambler prices to get a modified two story. So, you know, or if you're comparing Rambler to Rambler, I, I, a lot of times square footage on the main level is I think like a builder does, you know, like how do you bid out a house, right? You bid out a house on per square foot on the main floor. I look at the lot. I look at, you know, um, what's the potential there. The basements, the hard thing with an appraisal is a lot of times basements below ground square footage, they will not, even with a walkout, will not count that on the appraisal. So, you know, you're at the mercy of, of the upper level square footage above finished. So anyway, I, I do adjust actually. For square footage? I, I have to. Um, if I don't, I'm crazy. Are you it just saying I'm crazy? That's where every market is different. No. I think so. you're trying to say I'm crazy then. No, I don't. I'm, I'm saying like if I was in, let's say we were out shopping acreage properties in Orono. You, you could have a $1.5 million lot compared to a $350,000 lot, right. same house, and the values can be different. And so that's where it does matter when you have the land. Um, what is it on? Is it on 100 acres, 10 acres, 5 acres, 3 acres? Is it on a busy county road? Is it on a lake? All of that goes into the factor. So then that's where I wouldn't use square footage as much. I'd be using the lot first or the location or the, you know what I'm saying, and put the value on it there, and then yeah. um, and then we would go. Um, here's one thing here's one thing for sure andy though the appraisers so if you want to get a mortgage i mean you're, you're gonna have yeah. to do that square footage so i well i like that when i do a market analysis i like to think like an appraiser because at the end of the day the market will dictate what they'll pay but you also like you said if you know statistically that house is going to be financed you do 99 percent of the time in the markets i sell in we're using you know i shouldn't say 90 let's say 80 percent of the time they're using financing um, and then out of that 80%, 20% of them are putting 50% down or more where they don't require an appraisal. So then it's, you know, probably half, I'd say almost fit, maybe 60% of the houses will require an appraisal. And you have to think like an appraiser or you're kind of kidding yourself. You have to have good comps. I've had right now where actually, I don't know about you, Chris, but some of my sales are coming back where we're challenging the market values and they're starting to come back and make adjustments saying, Hey, you know, you sold it for 350, we're going to appraise it at 345. And also you got a $5,000 problem. And if you don't know how to fight that, you don't have comparable properties that you can argue with, your customer's going to lose five grand. So it's very important to position properly in the beginning. Awesome. Okay, what do we got here? Finally getting emails from real estate agents about open houses and broker opens. I'm 100% not going to attend again. The market is healing. What, what was that? I think it was a, it was a riff on broker opens. Like, you know, and, and there's a lot of brokerages that require all of their brokers to get in the bus on Tuesdays and you drive to every uh, listing that you have in the office. And at every listing they have snacks, it's broker opens. And that was a technique used for, for a lot of years um, just to get more bodies through to also from a seller's perspective, to make the seller feel good knowing that you brought a hundred agents through their house um, so they can go out, go back to their clients and brag about it. In today's world, I don't think it's driven that way as much as it's it's the search criteria and how you put it in the searching. But I'm getting texts, emails on uh, properties that I have searches out there for that my clients might be looking at and people saying, hey, you got to get your, your client in. And I mean, you'd never saw that I mean, the last couple of years. I, well, I've, never like I've never seen it as much as I've seen it now even over all the times. But I think what's happening is that people are like, I, I don't know what to tell you, seller. And we don't. We don't. I mean, it's, it's kind of like there's some that just don't, aren't, aren't moving. There's no rhyme or reason to it. And so then we're, we're trying everything we possibly can to get people in there. But I think in a, in a way, I mean, we, we've got a real good system. We really do with the MLS and how people get it. And it's what you put in the, that MLS uh, that's going to do it, but just sometimes the buyers aren't aren't there because they're just not in that marketplace right now, or they're waiting. There's no fish in that price pond, you know. It's like I, I look at it as ponds of fish, and you know, you reduce, you get into a different pond. There might be some fish that'll nibble, but I go, it's so important right now to price properly, and so that when you cast into the pond, there's a fish there that's ready to bite. 
put enough worm on the hook. Make sure it's attractive. Don't be greedy right now. Be generous with your offer. Put it out there. Be fair. And your houses are still popping. They're still selling. People are getting adjusted and they, they want to have control. So they're almost being like overly naughty, trying to like get the control back into the buyer's eyes. It's not there, guys. There's still right. not enough out there for them to do that. There's not enough inventory yet for that swing to happen yet. But on the other hand, days on market are starting to freak people out. And they're like going, oh, my God, my house didn't sell the first week. It didn't sell the second week. And then all of a sudden they get an offer and they freak out and they just take it. And I'm, I'm telling you, display patience. Relax. Everything's okay. And and what, what's really going to make you mad is that when I list a house down the street from you and you panic sold for 30000 less, and then I sell a house down the street in a month and a half and I sell for 30000 more than you got, because you panicked. You know what I mean? So don't panic. Hold your value, market the property properly, and and you know put it at a fair price and it'll sell. Yep. Yep. Go ahead. For all the real estate agents who got licensed in 2020, 21, and 22, a price reduction is when you lower the price of the home. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. It, it is. It's that people that did get uh, licensed lately. I mean, we're just in a in a really weird uh, space in our real estate uh, lives. Something I'd never seen in 32 years that I've been doing it. So um, it's it's time to get back. And I think a lot of them are exactly what I'm talking about. That's why you get calls, texts, and emails because they don't really know what the heck's going on. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, think about this. You you have all these customers that are so used to being like abused. And now they're finally not being abused and they want to abuse the sellers. You know, it's yeah. like, and it and it's like, just every relax, let's get back to a, a balanced, normal market where you can actually go out there and see the houses. You don't have to panic buy. You can actually buy the home, work with and talk with the sellers, get a fair deal for everybody. And remember this, when rates were so much higher years ago, eight, 9%, people were screaming to get a rate in the fives, you know, around 6%. Rates are in that range right now, guys. It's not like we're at 20% interest rates. We're at five and a half, five and three quarters, six, depending on your credit scores. I mean, so it's, we're still not in the, oh my God, panic. We still have money on sale, just not as good of a sale, right? It's like the day after the 50% off sale and you're pissed, you're only getting 30% off. Well, okay, you're still getting 30% off. You're not paying 20% over retail. Yeah. Good point. Your timing was good, Nick. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think we have a listener sent in a, a real wonderful home that they think oh. it might need some staging or asking us if we think it needs staging, Andy. What do you think? Um, yeah, I'd recommend that we get a five-gallon <laughs> pail of gas and light it. Hey, or or just get that furniture out of there and put like a, a hole and start putting on it. That might be I, I, wanna, cool. I don't know why, but I want to go. That room reminds me for some reason of like Caddyshack for some reason. I don't know why. You know what show I watched the other day? I couldn't even believe it. It reminds me of Caddyshack, but remember Porky's? Yes. Oh, my God. I was, it was odd. I'm like, oh, my God, Porky's. Oh, my God. That was. You know, you know I, hate, I hate to admit this, but I, I have to take uh, uh, pills when I fly because I want to fly the plane instead of being the passenger. I've been there with you. Yeah. Yeah. I've been there, yep. Yeah, so I take my pills and I'm sitting there in my chair and I love to fly Delta because I can watch movies. Well, I was sitting there the other day and I I, I don't know, I decided to watch Airplane. Or no, not Airplane, it was uh, Animal House. And oh my God, on, on the airplane, I still don't quite understand this. I figured they'd have the PG version of the movie. Nope, they showed boobs five times. And I was so like in my in my relaxed airplane pills I was laughing at the fact that they were showing boobs, not the boobs on the TV. And I was chunk, I was belly laughing that oh my I'm like, if anybody's looking over their shoulder and watching what I'm watching, I'm like, I'm I'm dying of embarrassment, but I can't hardly move. I'm like, oh gosh. Weren't we talking about real estate? Is what's this podcast again? That was that came from staging, for God's sake. Yeah, I was probably flying to some convention for something. I don't remember. I'll tell you what, one thing is though with that that photo, you don't use that photo if you have that photo. You you have to <laughs> you gotta totally just do less photos with this house or else you're never gonna get anyone in. 
unless you're going to really price it low. So, 1960s charm. Yeah. Want to travel back in time? Just like our, our screen drop here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All the news about people canceling their contracts nationwide. Is it because they're still trying to buy a 20, 2021 buying power and not accepting that the interest rates will no longer support? They're doing it because no one will hold them accountable. That's why. And people are trying. And I, I, I've i now witnessed two in the last month. And the seller said, oh, no, you're buying it or else I'm going after you. Yep. And they bought them. You know, and, and thank goodness. that's You sign a contract, you should have to buy it. Yeah. You know, you agreed to it. So, I, In a couple months, I'll be able to talk about some good stories. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you the other thing that's happening is that we're seeing um, builders and developers swaying on their contracts that they're supposed to be closing on. And I know um, two in particular that haven't closed. And it's, I mean, um, a couple of months now. And and lenders are kind of, banks are getting a little weird, weirded out about them. So they're trying to make sure that they're they're protected on it. Right. All right. Our, la our last thing, and we're gonna do a little uh, thing about a guide to home tinting. I think Andy, you know a lot about this with new construction. So let me pull up the article here, and you can kind of explain it to us. Andy knows tinting. I do. Yeah, you're so smart, Andy. I don't know if I know tinting. Do you, I, do you do it? Do you do it much? Windows. Yeah, windows, window tinting. Well, the the new construction windows you can pick. There's different films you can order within the windows so it's in between the panes so it doesn't come off that that's one thing but i do i do know this i actually when i was selling houses in otsego 2006 a few years ago right um 3m uh there's a, a factory rep that was living on the golf course and he actually went around and said hey i've got this new um window guard for golf balls that a golf ball can hit your window and it won't break it you know, in, the, in an environment of a normal golf course. And it was, so we went around and tinted all of the windows with this golf course film. And I mean, cause a lot of houses were getting hit cause it was kind of a tight course, um, River Road National up there. And it worked out sweet. We tinted our houses for like 900 bucks a house. And um, it, yeah, it was pretty cool. But like the tinting, UV tinting is very important if you don't want all your expensive furniture to fade or your light fixtures. That's the first thing you'll notice guys is like the, the cheaper electrical fixtures in the houses, um, you know, from the can lights to the the wall switches, they'll start yellowing over time. Just and that's the UV getting to them over time, and then you're literally popping out wall switches and plates and stuff. And you know, it it, it is what it is. You know, an old tip a remodeler gave me was you take the can lights down. They actually make a spray that will spray over top of the old uh, color, and it colors them right back to where they used to be. And then you pop them right back in because there's nothing wrong with them. They're just good all time. We do it all the time on that. Yeah. I think the other thing is uh, with the window tinting is security as well. And if you don't want to do like valances and curtains and stuff, I yeah. mean, you get that real dark outside, like you maybe see in office buildings. Um, it can be really cool, but I've had people too that have had taken. I think it's it's a uh, window tinting. I think it, it's a lot more than just um, kind of keeping the keeping the sun out. You can do it for yeah. a bunch of different reasons. I mean, I hadn't heard the golf ball one, but that's really yeah. interesting. So there's a, yeah. a fabric that holds that window together. Yep. Interesting. Well, and a lot of a lot of times it's a glass pack in in the window itself. Like th there's window manufacturers, and then there's glass manufacturers. And there's big companies like Cardinal Glass that make like the inserts of the glass for variety of different manufacturers of windows. They put the low E argon gas in there. They put films in there and they're selling to their companies, which are the window manufacturers. So you'll see some of these local window manufacturers like um, I years ago used to use a company called Thermotech and they had a sun plus four, they called it. So that depending on the angle of the sun, the light would actually go through the window versus at a certain angle, it would not. So when the uh, sun was higher in the sky, like in the summertime, um, they would design their windows so the film would deflect versus absorb. 
it was kind of a cool idea. I don't know if it ever really took off. I haven't, you know, bought or installed any of their windows in a while, Nick, but it was like, the idea was it would heat up your house in the winter. It would reflect the sun in the summer when the, you know. Hey, Andy, can we go through these? Just, uh, there's eight yeah. of them. Just to kind of talk a little bit about each one. Okay. So let me add this back. So that first one you were pretty much talking about, right? The solar window yep. film? Yep. Keep the harmful okay. rails out, the cool out. Yep. Decorative film? I only time we see decorative film in today's market is when um, there is a like a front door, what they call a side light. A lot of times where people want a little more privacy and they don't want to pay for the expensive leaded glass window to be installed. And so they um, uh, Atwater Plastics, I think, is a company that a lot of people use. And you can go there and they sell films like it looks like it's bubbled or seated glass or some of that. The design that you had on there, I have not, you know, uh, it's been years since I've seen stained glass. Um, but yeah. Stained glass is cool. I see it all over Europe in the, the cathedrals. Yeah. yeah. It brings it way back in time. It's for, yeah. Especially that's what I think is so cool about churches. You go into these, some of these older churches and you can see that it's, I mean, art, it's complete art. It's unbelievable what they, what they can do. All right. So this next one, security film, this is just uh, making it so you can't see inside, right? Yeah, and I think it also stormproofs your home, like it says. That's almost a version of that golf ball, golf ball um, film. Yeah, you know, strengthens the window. Um, yep. I, I've mirror. not done much of that other than on the golf course. Mirror films, I've not seen it. Never done it. Um, I, I think it'd be kind of cool though, if you had a uh, an application of where you're, like in some neighborhoods now, where the houses are five feet apart, uh, might be kind of nice to have that for privacy. But then at night. You're going to be able to see through it. It's just during the day that it will give you that privacy. Okay. This one? Cer ceramic? Um, ceramic? Yep, ceramic tint. I, I've heard there are some manufacturers that provide that. Um, it, Like it says, it's the most expensive option for home windows. Um, it gives it a tint, the solar film, kind of an effect. It's supposed to last longer. But I, I, haven't, I haven't had windows, and this is just me, you know, complimenting i guess the manufacturers i haven't had any window companies that i've seen where the film fails um in the glass pack um yet before the window fails so metalized tinted windows um have not used them yet um kind of a cool concept though i'm sure it looks really nice you know like when you look at the picture that you're scrolling to um gives the the house kind of that you know metallic looking window um where you don't really see into the house you just kind of see the windows they can see out, of course, because it's brighter outside. At night, again, most of these windows, unless you have that film that they sell down at, uh, what is it, south of here? Um, there's a company that does that. They're a big glass company. Um, they flip the switch and they electronically make them clouded. Kind of cool. Cool. Yeah. And then glare control. That, I, that, um, I think most windows do have that. Very, very few windows are not tinted with something or filmed with something right so um when you see glare you've actually like for example on townhouses i've seen this where the sun hits on the porch and it reflects back down into the deck and literally will melt vinyl siding i don't know if you've ever seen that nick it looks like you know somebody put their deck or their grill too close to the vinyl and i've seen that where the reflection is very important and so in that application i could see where you could hire somebody to come out and put that you know reflective stuff on there so it doesn't ruin your house it says the estimate for most homeowners is 150 to 1,500 to tint their home windows. Is this uh, normal what you see? Sounds right. You know, I mean, it, you know, like I was saying, my average was kind of 900 bucks was kind of an average um, for just doing the back of the house, not the, the sides or the front. Um, so I think what happens is in, in a marketplace where you have somebody saying, hey, I'm the window tint guy, um, you're going to have a lot easier of a time than if you have somebody saying you go to like a car guy the tints car windows and you say, Hey, I want you to tint all the windows on the back of my house. He probably charge you five grand. You know what I mean? So it's okay. in, in Minnesota, it's not as much of a, a pressure point as it is where in some of your hot sunshine States, I'm sure it's, it's a regular business practice. Awesome. Another wonderful episode, Andy, make sure you guys uh, give us a review on the iTunes or Spotify page. Also, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. We post three digestible clips each week on YouTube and Facebook. Give us likes, send us in questions, and we'll see you next week. Have a Nick, great uh, weekend, Andy. Nick, go win that Polish Super Bowl, brother. Let's bring it home, baby. Let's bring it home. <laughs>
Good luck. See you, Andy. All right, see Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.